Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Temple University is ranked among the top 50 public universities in the U.S. Through hands-on learning opportunities and world-class faculty, Temple students are prepared to soar in their careers. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu slash visit. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. It's your daily dose of Donna. Today is Friday, July 14th. You guys are going to die when you hear today's episode. I, in fact, had a whole different plan for today. I had a plan where I went live earlier on TikTok as I normally do, and I chatted with you guys, and we talked a little Kim and Croy, and we talked a little you know, a couple random stories out there. We talked about Raquel leaving her mental health facility and owing $200,000 and still holding out on the deal. We can talk about all of that and I'm happy to go into it deeper. But you guys, I just had a conversation with the Dave Quinn. Dave Quinn is the author of the basically Bravo Real Housewives Bible called Not All Diamonds and Rosé. He's also a writer for People Magazine and he just broke that story that we all saw last week about Kyle and Mauricio separating. And I'm telling you, he's also a friend of mine. So that made it so fun. But this was such a good, interesting, amazing interview that I pushed the other stuff that I talked about live with you guys this morning. And I'm pushing this into today's episode. You guys have to hear it. Before I give you Dave, I do want to tell you one thing. Tonight, 5 p.m., so we're about four hours away when I'm telling you this right now, we have our live first one-on, I mean, first happy hour Zoom for my Patreon subscribers. If you hear this and you are not a Patreon subscriber, go on into the Patreon. The link is below. Sign up and you can join us for happy hour. My husband Lance will be there. We're going to be on Zoom. We're going to be chatting. Are we going to have a margarita? Are we going to have Luann's Fosé? Are we going to drink water? I mean, who cares? Who knows? We'll see. But it's Shabbat Shalom. It's my happy time on Fridays. And we will have a, a fun hour of happy hour chat before Lance and I go out to dinner. So make sure to sign up for that. You can always join the Facebook group for free, Daily Dose of Donna, to get to know more. But you guys, you have to listen to this interview because we talk Jeff Lewis. Dave Quinn has a very, very, uh, or I should say, Jeff Lewis has a very public feud with Dave Quinn. We talk all the Real Housewives. We talk about some of his favorite people on Real Housewives, his favorite franchises. We talk about some of the craziest stories. We talk about Kyla Mauricio. We talk about Real Housewives of New York premiere and the party this week. We talk about Andy Cohen. You guys, this was a dream come true. And I'm going to have Dave come back on the show because he is a wealth of information. He's so genius. Please, please, please grab your popcorn, grab your drink, hang out on your walk, walk your dogs, dishwashing, whatever the F you do when you're listening to these episodes, you're going to love it. Here's Dave Quinn, and I'll see you guys on Monday.
or tonight if you join the Patreon. Wow, wow, wow. We have Dave Quinn, the, the Dave Quinn on Daily Dose of Donna. This is, you're royalty. Are you kidding me? You're royalty. I, I'm, I'm obsessed. Thank you so much for thinking that I'm royalty as I sit here in an unair conditioned uh, studio apartment, sweating as my ring light breaks. There couldn't be anything more wrong that has gone today. Uh, so this royalty feels poor. You know, it's relatable. And yeah. that is the most important thing. You know, you're, you're, you're an author behind one of the biggest housewives book ever that like we're all obsessed with. You write for People Magazine and yet you're sitting in an unair conditioned <laughs> apartment with breaking ring lights. What's going on, Dave? What's happening? Why do you have air on? Welcome to the truth of this world. I have air on, but it will be too loud if we're actually uh, recording, unfortunately. So have to keep that off. But uh, yeah, welcome to New York. <laughs> Welcome to New York. Wait, speaking of, we're going to get into this because I can't wait mm. to hear about the Real Housewives of New York premiere party that you were just at. But, um, but the other day I was, I was just so, cause I want to be on your level. I was in my kitchen and I was air frying something and I was also toasting something and the entire power went out. <laughs> uh, see, you know what it's like. These uh, electric companies are trying to kill us. <laughs> I mean, at least they can come out with a silent air conditioner for podcasters like you. Please give it to us. I can't even have a fan going. My goodness. Okay. Well, I'm giving you cold vibes right now. I'm just sending you cold vibes. Um, Dave, it is I am- so good to see you, Donna. Thank you so much for having me. So exciting. And I was trying to explain to my audience that we met each other on Clubhouse. Everyone's like, what? What's Clubhouse? R.I.P. R.I.P. I mean, it's still there. Shockingly, people um, still go on it, but not for us. Dead um, to us. Yeah. <laughs> it's like the ex-boyfriend we don't want to know existed. But it, it's true. It, It was 2021 when I was all over that app. I think that was the same time you were. And you were running a Bravo. What they had was clubs. Mm -hmm. And what was it called? What was your- It was called Club Bravo. Super easy. Now, I didn't know anything about you at the time, except we share a mutual friend, Erica Reitman. But she, I know I love her, but Erica, Erica told me, oh my gosh, you're going to have to meet Dave. He's such a big fan of all the housewives, reality shows. How long have you been involved in this reality scope? Oh my God. For a long time now, it's probably been about a decade at least, uh, if not longer than that. Of course, I watched as a viewer for forever. And then I started covering it as a journalist when I was at Entertainment Weekly and then at People Magazine. I mean, it's kind of a dream. It is a dream. It is a dream, but it also can be a nightmare. There are days where there's just so many stories breaking all the time that you're constantly chasing after things. And it's really hard to be able to take a deep breath. I have like five stories I need to write by the end of the day. It's like three o'clock Eastern. So um, it's it's an intense day right now. And there are just two new breaking things that I saw happen right as I was signing on. And I was running a little late because I was on with the source. There's just so much happening all the time. So sometimes it's really difficult uh, to walk away from it and to have a life beyond it. And it is the 24 hour news cycle. And there are people producing news all the time. So it's really, um, been a lesson for me as I've gotten older and longer into this of when to be able to kind of walk away from it and take a bit of a break. It's hard. It's hard. Yeah. Well, I can only imagine because I'm just in the tippy top of it in the TikTok and like podcast (laughs) space, which is actually like breaking so much news, right? Yes, of course. And I'm curious, like from your end, from someone that works for people, how do you keep up? How You can't keep up because TikTok breaks things 
on the second. It's they so do. easy to break a story. Yeah, and you know, um, as far as keeping up, I think it it is kind of just like anything is there's been more social media sites that have developed even threads. Now there's plenty of celebrities on threads who are never on Twitter and they're yeah. communicating and they're in different ways. You just have to kind of absorb it all. You also have to be okay with not knowing everything. And you also yeah. have to be okay with saying it's okay. If I'm not first that there will be other places that will get the story before I will. And I will be able to tell the story as accurately as I can and find a way to move it forward. Yeah, I mean, honestly, it's like, it kind of reminds me of Kim Kardashian in this last episode when she's talking to Courtney and Courtney's like, when is it enough for you? Like, when are you going to ever be able to say no? How much more? That's the problem with this. It's almost addictive. Like, you yeah. you feel like you need to get that next story or if you're a reality star, you need to get on the next job and et cetera, et cetera. But yeah, you have to know when to step away. I'm dying to know what these new breaking stories are that just came to you. Um, I can't really say anything about them because I, I haven't, uh, looked into them enough to actually, um, feel accurate to talk about them. That's the whole thing, right? It's real housewife adjacent. Yeah. It's in that Bravo world as always. And, you know, there are things that you're chasing sometimes and developments come along. I literally am getting six text messages as we speak. I'm watching them pop up on my screen and not responding to them, but, uh, lots of panic going on. So something's happening. Oh my gosh, uh, I feel like I have to get through this really fast with you because I know the panic. I know don't the Don't worry. I turned my no- notifications off. I put my phone on silent. I'm allowed <laughs> to take a break and uh, it'll all work out fine. <laughs> all right. Well, let's let's get into it. So you yeah. wrote you wrote this book, like the Bible mm-hmm. for Real Housewives, Not All Diamonds and Rosé. I listened. I, I mean, not listened. I, oh, no. Did I listen to, I bought it and then I realized that I could get through it faster if I listened. So I listened to Amy Phillips, right? Amy she Phillips She was incredible. Yeah, I she did Amy. the reading for us. She's so funny and hilarious. It was such an inspired choice to have her join us on this uh, journey. And she did a great job. She did character voices for some of the housewives that she's well known to do. And it really just brought the book to life. It felt very different. I always said that like reading the book, it's a, not a book of facts. It's a book of feelings and there's a lot of feelings in it. And, you know, um, I did the best when I was writing it that I could to really include everyone's feelings in there. And a lot of times they were very contradictory takes on what happened and very strong takes on how other people treated them. And I tried to represent them as accurately as I could. When you listen to it, I think it comes off a lot funnier than it does when you read it because Amy's impressions are so good that they give such character to what she's saying. But, um, I, I, my hope is that if you went into the book, maybe particularly hating a housewife or not liking even a show that you came out with a totally different view on it, because the truth is, I think I love all the housewives, literally all of them. I think they're all super brave for going on TV and exposing a lot about their lives that I never would feel comfortable doing. And truthfully, I'm one of those people that if you threw a glass of wine in my face, I would apologize to you. <laughs> be like, oh I don't know God. what I did to make you do that, but I'm so, so sorry. So sorry I just, I you. <laughs> right. So I just have a lot of respect for them for doing anything and, yeah. um, and for putting themselves in positions where they're getting criticized. And that's the reason I really started club Bravo is because I was on clubhouse and I overheard a bunch of people criticizing. I think it was Giselle Bryant at the time. And they were saying, you know, Oh, she, She's using this. They thought that she was faking her relationship with her ex-husband. Remember at the time she had gotten back with Jamal and they said that was all fake and just for storyline. And 
And I couldn't imagine that somebody would do that to their children, like turn around to their children and say, okay, listen, I'm going to pretend to be with your dad. Like I, or maybe not even tell the children like, and pretend just to kind of do it for TV. That that felt just very like, I, I, I think people often think the worst in people. I think the best in people. So I just can't imagine that anyone would really do that. And knowing Giselle, I know that she wasn't doing it for that reason, but they said that she was doing it because she was getting paid a million dollars an episode. I was like, what? You're like, your facts are definitely wrong. Right. So it really helped me recognize just how so many people have very different perspectives on how this whole universe works and they're often armed with the wrong information and they often truly believe that things are not as what I think they seem. And so let's like, feel compelled to share. But wait, this is yeah. so funny that you mentioned this story because I just recorded my live portion, which is the first part of this podcast yes. right before this interview. And I talked about that I think it's insane that all we're seeing is like the Kim and Croy and the Tori and Dean and potentially we'll talk about Kyle and, and and Mauricio like putting their kids in this mix of like are we together are we not and like let's pretend that we're divorcing or let's get divorced and then call it off this feels crazy that they're getting kids involved in this like the Tori in front of the motel with her five kids the other day or Kim obviously you know calling the cops on Croy and now she's at Costco with him and having fun it's confusing Yeah, I mean, and I don't think it's necessarily, it's confusing, but I don't think it's necessarily um, different from what divorced parents across the country do all the time. Mm. You know, it was like, we often look at these situations as if like, how could you do that? And it's very easy to judge. But I know plenty of people in my life who are getting divorced, who are constantly bickering with, you know, each other. Listen, I grew up in a household, my parents were married and my mother was constantly shit talking my father. Like she was always (laughs) saying to me, you know, like, oh, your father's getting drunk tonight out with his friends, right? Like that's like people bring their children into their arguments all the time. So when you see Teresa doing it and her kids going on camera and, you know, attacking their aunt and their uncle and, you know, defending their mother, I think that's a very, I think that's a very natural thing. I think that happens across the country. People want their parents to be happy and it isn't, it may not be as confusing to the kids as you think it is when you're actually there. Yeah, that's so true. I was very much part of a crazy ass divorce situation, but I didn't like, See? I mean, it did oh. F me up though. Like a hundred percent. Oh no. If the world sees it. Oh, I mean, listen, the book that I really want to write one day huh? um, is a, a, a book of all the children telling their stories about what growing up you know, adjacent and a part of reality TV did to them because Genius. they're not, think about it. None of those kids are getting a paycheck. The only nope. people ever on contract are the are the housewives, not the yeah. house husbands, not the children, not the moms. Even on Jersey, the house husbands are not. No, they're not. Not wow. at all. Everyone wow. thinks they are, but they are not. They I'm feel here to such tell a you. Part of the show. Yeah, they do that for their wives, and they are told to do that for their wives, right? Like, you know, that's part of the contract. Like, we're 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 filming your life, so you have to make sure that everyone in your life is on board to be a part of this. Wow. Um, but yeah, I mean, they're not getting paychecks. So I mean, we already heard the other day about Melania talking about how her mom made her lose 40 pounds in middle school. Like this is, that's chapter one. 
<laughs> right? No, of course. And I, I recently spent a lot of time with um, Shannon Bedore at her house in Orange County. And I was, her daughters are just so cool and so, so awesome beautiful. and so beautiful. But like Stella and Adeline were there and like, it was shocking to me how normal they are not because, you know, uh, their mom is crazy or anything, but like their parents have been involved in this really difficult divorce for years on end, very public. And like, that would be really hard to navigate. I think, but they're very, it's almost like they're, they've kind of just been like, whatever, that's that has nothing to do with me. So it I also helps, I think, when there's multiple kids because they kind of have each other to lean on, like the daughters. Yes. And it, where, whereas, <laughs> like, if you have one of them with just like a single kid, like, I wonder what Kelly Dodd's daughter is experiencing in her life, right? Knowing her mom is so publicly out there and like, you know, challenging. I would say in a public persona. But okay, I have so many questions for you, so I have to like whittle this down because I know huh? that we don't have all day long. But I have to ask you about this huge breaking story that you had last week about Kyla Mauricio. And the only reason I'm really, you know, you and I talked a little bit off the record about it. And so I need to know why you decided to release that article in that moment. Obviously there was talk about it online, but what happened? What triggered that moment? Sure. Yeah. I mean, it's something that I had been investigating and reporting on for a long time. I felt like at the time when we put that story up, uh, very confident in the sourcing that I had mm-hmm. confirming that information. Um, my source was very clear that it was not a divorce, that it was not a split. If uh, I'm very diligent in my word usage, I am a very specific writer. So if you'll notice, I use the word separation and my understanding is that's what it is. Uh, it's not a legal separation but it's how they're defining the status of their relationship right now. And it's something that they've been experiencing, as I said in the article, for a while. They're amicable. uh, They're still living together. And I think just trying to navigate what's happening next for them. So um, it was the time to put that article out because it was secure enough and everyone was okay with it coming. Yeah, because as someone that writes for people, like on TikTok, we see all the theories, we see all the conspiracies, and people can just say things and just say allegedly. But as someone that writes for people, and that's what I said to you, I I trust you. Like, I trust what Dave says, because I know that you are so embroiled in that world. You're also friends with, I imagine, a lot of them, and Andy Cohen, and Bravo, and you're not just going to throw something out there for People Magazine unless you have legitimate sources. It's not like a Raider Online situation or whatever. Yeah, and that's one of the reasons that I'm really proud to work for People Magazine. I'm I'm uh, I'm just a freelancer there. I still kind of maintain my status as an independent contractor, so I do a lot of other different things in my career. But I love participating and working with people because I like being a part of a an organization that is so trusted and that I know is not looking to tear people down and hurt people, you know, um, that really means a lot to me. I have to be able to put my head down at the end of the night and be able to sleep. And I've never done, and you'll notice even on social media, I don't say negative things about people. I'm not trying to hurt anybody. I don't, you know, it's not who I am as a person. Certainly I have opinions as viewers and, of course, I've interacted with a lot of these people behind the scenes, but I don't need to be another voice judging them. There's plenty of other people doing that. I'm really just here to listen to them and try and tell their stories as accurately as I can. You're a stand-up guy. I mean, I think that that's cool. So then why in the world do you have beef with Mr. Jeff Lewis? We need to know 
We need to know as as a fellow Jeff Lewis live listener, um, when he mentioned your name for the first time, I was like, what? Because I was so confused because I know you as such a, a, a nice guy. But he com- he claimed that you snubbed him in some capacity or something. I don't even know. What what happened there? What's the drama? I, Can I you actually, watch this? <laughs> I actually don't have any drama with Jeff Lewis. I think Jeff Lewis has drama with me. I um, have always really liked Jeff Lewis. I've always been a, a, a good friend and ally to him. I, I don't really know where that came from. Um, he seemed to have some strong feelings about me when he saw me in New York. I, I didn't even see him or get to talk to him. So I'm not really sure what kind of stirred it all up for him, but yeah, he was pretty frustrated and I certainly felt it. His fans are very verbal and they they were in my DMS, letting me know right where I could go and right what I could do to myself. And, uh, certainly was not fun being told that, uh, (laughs) I should kill myself, but quite frankly, I really think that he is um, a super huge talent. I think he's so smart and he um, has built an incredible empire for himself and I wish him all the best and success with it. I I don't um, think I've ever done anything personally against him and I certainly don't have any negative views towards him. So I'm just yeah. kind of, you know, it's a weird thing when somebody, I'm not a famous person. I'm, I'm, I'm nobody as far as I'm concerned. So I don't really understand why. Um, yeah, why I was. <laughs> it is, probably, probably. I mean, listen, he also had a very, very public feud with Dumois and um, was very upset about an article that was written about him or a blind, you know, that was written in on the website. And they hashed it out and they spoke about it and now they're cool. So I have faith that Daily Dose of Donna is going to be the bridge between Jeff Lewis Live and Dave Quinn, the writer. And maybe you guys are going to end up one day at a steak dinner. <laughs> and you're going to be cheersing your lemonade, him, him a martini, and you're a lemonade, and you're going to be like, we're, we're bros. You never know. <laughs> Anytime I'm here to answer the call. But, uh, you know, I, I don't um, – I, I'm not really interested in uh, in trying to pursue a friendship with somebody who's very adequate and adamant about not wanting to do that with me. Yeah, no, of course. But, you know, I, I, I wish him all the best. I really like – I'm a huge fan and I will Aww. always kind of think about uh, the times that we spent together with a lot of positive thoughts. Oh my gosh. You're, I like you. I like you, Dave. <laughs> you're a good guy. Okay. So what about Real Houses of New York premiere? You were just at mm. the party that was on what, Monday or Tuesday of this week? It was on, it was on Wednesday actually. And it was Wednesday. so amazing. It was at the Rainbow Room in New York City and the whole cast was there and it was absolutely beautiful. Andy was there as well. And so many of the producers who I was lucky enough to get to kind of talk to and build friendships with during my time writing the book. So it was really lovely to see everyone. And I was just so thrilled for the uh huge success that they've had i've gotten to see the first three episodes of the show i was just about to ask have you seen any yeah i really like it it's very different of course we we have a preconceived notion about real housewives of new york city simply for the past 13 years and you know the stars that we've had in it and it feels very different but i'm a born and raised new yorker i love this city more than anything so i really liked getting to meet some new people and to see some new signs and you know um I like that there's a lot of petty arguments in the show. And for me, I like, I love a petty feud. It's very easy for me to sink my teeth into. It's much easier than, you know, arguments about salacious rumors or trying to take people down. Like I much prefer kind of a lighthearted, silly. It's 
it feels argument. easier to watch when it's about yeah. silly things like, um, you know, who took my tequila bottle versus, <laughs> versus um, brother and sister issues on Real Housewives. Like that, you're yeah. right. It does, it hits deeper. Have you met Teresa's husband, Louis? I actually haven't met, have I met Louis? I think I may have shook his hand at BravoCon. But and introduced myself and said hello. But I think that's it. I haven't spent a significant amount of time with him in it by any means. And you can't say what your gut feeling is there about <laughs> how you feel about him. No, I mean, uh, listen, look, I have feelings as a viewer, and then I remind myself that this is reality television. And as even though this is the real version of them, and that they're being themselves on TV, I also know that. Editing, you know, paints a picture of how we view people. Confessionals paint a picture of how we view people. Um, so the only thing that I care about at the end of the day is that Teresa is happy. She seems to be deeply in love. Yep. She seems to have said over and over again that, you know, they're a great couple, that he treats her incredible. Um, I know his daughters, his daughters, her daughters, daughters? excuse me, uh, <laughs> went, went on her podcast and talked about what an incredible um dad he is or stepdad. And yeah. I, personally, all I care about is that they're happy. I think I, when you've watched somebody on television for so long, like we all have Teresa, all we want for them at the end of the day is the best for them. And if this perchance doesn't end up being their, her happily ever after, which I don't even knock on wood because I don't want to even think that way. Um, but you know, I just know that she's strong and she'll survive anything. She's, yeah. a, oh my she's God. Teresa. She's she's literally like a, such a survivor and yeah, she is. And I always say, you know, lover or hater, she is so watchable. And coming from the casting side that I, you know, as a casting director, I, yeah, I, I know. really feel like that makes the difference. Why some of these people, you just want to watch them. Like, I'm sorry, Vicki Gumbelson can't stand her sometimes. Can't stop <laughs> watching her need to watch. Like that's just the thing with some of these housewives. Right. Yeah. And I realized a long time ago, and I wonder if you feel the same way about this, Donna, especially with your past as a casting director, which I think of you all the time. Whenever I see Zendaya, I'm always like, I know exactly who made that happen. Thank you, my friend. That was my friend, Donna. Um, But, um, you know, I want as a viewer, I want to look into a window. I don't want to look into a mirror. So it's Mm -hmm. not interesting for me to watch people on reality TV who are exactly like me because- I'm boring. You know what I mean? Like I'm not really interested in seeing people who think the same about me that I do and act the same that I do and respond to everything just like I would. It's much more interesting to see people who are nothing like me. And those are the housewives who I really latch onto as a viewer as like, I'm like, I'm nothing like Kenya Moore. And I love watching Kenya Moore on TV because I'm like, I don't know what she's going to do next. And I'm going to, I'm going to be entertained and laugh. I feel totally. that way about Candace Dillard. I feel that way about Robin Dixon. I feel that with so many different housewives who I just think have totally different personalities than I do. And I am a huge fan at the end of the day of all of the things that they bring to the table. It's iconic. They're so iconic. What is your favorite, favorite um, city? Franchise? Oh. Franchise. You know, Potomac has really been a huge favorite of mine since its debut. I was one of the loud voices who loved season one as everyone was like shit talking it and saying how bad it was and how boring it was. I feel the same way about Dubai. I think when you watch season two, you're all going to be like, I love Dubai. Really? Uh, Because I kind of like fell off during season one. I wasn't that into it at the end. I don't know. I fell in love with it right from the get go. And I think that people are going to love season two. I hear it's incredible. Okay. 
But, you know, I think the one that I feel the closest to that I have the longest sort of love with is Jersey. And it's not because I'm from New Jersey. I'm from New York. And, you know, it's a sister city for me, a sister state rather for me. But um, it's because the fact that that show is built on family and yes. built on the family dynamic and Italians and I'm Italian, I really feel connected to watching that um that dynamic it's yeah. it's interesting to me it's unique to me within the housewives franchise i i know that a lot of people were hoping for one of those sisters or sister-in-laws rather to leave i personally want the family dynamic to remain on jersey in some capacity so i really look forward to watching that every single season because i know there are things about italians and the italian family dynamic that i'm going to see explored that i'm really interested in Oh my gosh, I love it. Okay, yeah. so what's your relationship like with Andy Cohen real fast? I love Andy. You know, working with him was an absolute dream come true. You have to yeah. recognize that like this is a man who opened so many doors for the gay community. Oh um, gosh, he's yes. a, a pioneer and a trailblazer. And I have always just had the absolute utmost respect for him as a gay man who uh, wants to be a dad one day watching Aww. him grow his family has been incredibly inspiring. I feel the same way, by the way, about Jeff Lewis, because he engaged having uh, Monroe. That was the first time I had ever seen on television, a gay couple go through the surrogacy process. And oh, wow. I was really That's touched true. by they don't that. Really, they weren't, we weren't seeing that that much that when she was born. No, no. So those are the sorts of, uh, that's why I will always have such respect for Jeff, but same thing with Andy. You know, I, I, I absolutely respect him so much as a dad and think he's just an incredible father. And I've been really inspired by him throughout his career. I remember telling him that when I first started interviewing him and working with him on the book was kind of a dream come true. Dream. I told him many times and wrote in the book about how he, he really changed my life. And, you know, um, I think I went into the experience being like, Andy Cohen's going to be my new best friend. <laughs> and unfortunately, I never really lost the view of Andy as this famous person, right? And I still kind of see him that way. I saw him at the premiere party and I get so nervous when I'm around him. I'm just like, this is like a, such a famous person. You know yeah, what I mean? Like, yeah. so I, I would too. Yeah, I think that I, uh, my relationship with him ultimately is just of utmost respect and kindness and praise uh you're, you're gonna have a hard time if you're looking for someone to say negative things about andy it's not gonna happen here no 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 and i listened to daddy diaries i just wrapped it actually a couple, yes. of days, a couple of days ago and i laughed out loud so many times actually he he got me through a lot of long flights going to israel and greece with my family and i really i adore i adore his his approach to life and his excitement you really do feel like Andy's one of us in that sense. Like he's he's a fan of these shows and he was a fan of like when Scandal happened and all of that. Like he's just, in, he's in the throes of it with us. Um, that being said, I would be scared to meet him that he would not be nice to me. And then I'd be like, oh gosh, now what? It's like when you meet an idol or something and they're not very nice, but. I don't think he would have that experience, Donna. I don't think he would because Andy is so nice to everybody and oh, he is really know. gracious and kind and open and loving. I mean, maybe if you approached him when he was with his kids, kids at a restaurant, maybe you wouldn't get that, but, um, I don't know how he handles things in that sense. I always think when celebrities are with their kids, it's like a different, it's totally game. a different vibe. It's totally a different experience when people, like I was just saying also today about how, when people go after kids, that is when it feels like, cause Garcelle was on watch what happens live yesterday and said that she unfollowed Lala when Lala talked badly about her son. 
She was like, yeah. that was it. I just couldn't do it. Moms or parents, like that's until the day those kids die, like we are, <laughs> or until we die. But it, I get it. I totally get it. And if I see I Andy it. Cohen without his kids one day, all I'll do is say, Andy, you are so handsome. And I feel oh. like that I'll get in. He'll love that. He'll love it. He'll love it no matter what you say. You have incredible, infectious, beautiful, kind energy, and I'm sure he'll Aww. soak it all up. I love you, Dave. You're so sweet. Thank you so much for taking That's a half it. Hour I was expecting there were going to be way more questions. I, I, you want more? I will. I yeah. want to know more. Okay. Tell me Give your thoughts more. on Bethany Frankel. Oh, I love Bethany. Listen, <gasps> Bethany is. Um, <laughs> Gosh, oh my God, Donna. Mm-hmm. I, I first met Bethany me. Frankel before she was ever on the Real Housewives of New York City. I was walking in the streets of New York. We were in like Midtown, and there was this crazy woman, <laughs> I say with love, on the streets screaming uh, something like, da da da, it's tied to go, it's tied to go. And she handed me a tied to go pen. And Wait. I was like, what is going what? on? And it turns out it was for the apprentice Martha Stewart and they were filming the apprentice Martha Stewart. It was a challenge and she was hawking tied to go pens. And I I saw cameras afterwards. And when I was, you know, when someone ran over uh, to sign a release, I I never made the cut of the episode. I'll send you the clip though. It's like an absolute hilarious clip. Um, But that's how I first met her. And I was like, I don't know if you've seen someone in person uh, that you are watching from afar and they just have something about them that you kind of can't look away. That was my feelings towards her. I was like, who is this she woman? She has it for sure. And, and what is this energy she's exuberating? Exuberating, And that's how I felt the entire time that I've known Bethany. I just think that she is, um, you know, she's such a hard worker and she has such a incredible um, uh, view on like she's she's learned how to monetize her voice and that's really fascinating to me she knows uh how to kind of give you those quick much better than i'm doing right now those quick answers in in a very uh yeah just beautiful sound bites and she's just she's really fucking great i (laughs) just love her i will leave it at this i loved bethany as a housewife like love 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 and was the biggest fan and had it like a post-it saying I want to meet Bethany like obsessed the TikTok side of her is confusing a little bit to me but but I love her as a personality on TV she's amazing like that she's entertaining beyond and I say by the way what you just say I totally understand why you say that um I'll I'll say that the TikTok personality of anyone is confusing to me because I'm just I feel like I've lot like I'm a little I'm 41 but I still feel like a generation behind that TikTok thing and I can't really grasp my head on it um, she certainly has an opinion about everything and she certainly is like, uh, like knows that she is going to express it all the time. And for that, it's the same reason why I wanted her in the beginning as a housewife to be, um, on the show all the time when she wasn't is cause I, I always want someone who's going to speak their mind. So I'm not going to criticize her for speaking. Yeah, her mind I mean, now. exactly what you're saying is so true. The, the same reasons that you loved her, that filter free, not calculated, not produced experience on a show like Real Housewife is so hard to find, but you get it with certain people like her. And so she is entertaining. Okay. What, what about you mentioned something on a tweet? I feel like I could be saying this wrong about how some housewives asked you to get paid for (laughs) your time getting interviewed. So you interviewed did you interview all the housewives from every franchise or how many did like, do you remember I, how many? 
I went out to every single one. I think there was like 20 who said no. Um, uh, but yeah. Those for the most part, like kind of one season people like the Carltons? Well, there were a variety of them for a variety of reasons. I actually spoke to Carlton, which oh, was great. But, but Joyce, who is a one-season housewife that same season, she wasn't interested in speaking. She said that she felt as though um, – you know, some of the things that had been said to her by Brandy when she was on the show in her mind were very racist and she didn't want to go back and relive all of that. Yeah. And as many times as I said to her, well, I want to hear you say that story and let me try and share give your you the space and the opportunity to kind of let people know that she wasn't interested in it. And at the end of the day, I have to respect that. I have to respect when people said no, but Bethany didn't want to participate. Nini didn't want to participate. She was going through a hard time with the network. Yeah. And Bethany, of course, now is at the time she was really like, I don't really want to go back and talk about housewives. Now she's gone back and talked a lot about housewives. There's a podcast about it. Right. And, and I, I fully respect her for doing that. I wish that it was part of the book because I would have loved that completionist portion, but of course, you know, I, I understand and I fully respect. So I spoke to as many of them who would speak to me. Yes, some of them did ask to be paid, which I don't think is a bad question. You know, like uh, when you think about it, and especially as you and I are watching the SAG-AFTRA and writer strike happen all around us and so many hardworking people asking for uh, compensation for the the amount of entertainment that they have offered this world – I think it's fully fair to be fighting for that. And if reality stars unionized, oh my gosh. <laughs> I mean, wow. Can you imagine? Think about how many people, uh, they don't get paid for residuals. They don't get paid, you know, for, for any of the streaming, uh, money that these networks are making off of them. They're not getting paid for merch. merch. They're not creating it. Yeah. Right. So, so I completely understand why a housewife would ask for that. But yes, a few of them did ask for money and some of them agreed after I said no. And some of them disagreed after I said no. <laughs> I would just never want to pass up on the opportunity to be part of that book. If I was a housewife for one season or 10 seasons, like it, to me, it's such, it literally feels like it's going to go down in history as like a real cultural kind of representation of what this was. Are you going to do a second part? There has to be more. Well, I, I, I think the answer to that question really is the demand of it. I mean, I would hope that we would do a second part. I will say that there were, and my first chapter about Orange County was like 500 pages. It was so long. So there were so much information that had to be removed from the book simply because there wasn't enough space for it all. Um, so I, and there's been so much that's happened since I would yeah. hope that, but it may be another 15 years until we yeah. get to that part. I did tell every housewife, even the ones who said no, you know, whether you choose to interview with me or not, you are going to be in the book. So, you We're know, like, you. yeah, I personally would have chosen to be a part of it because I would have wanted to have my voice. And I, I made it, you know, a, a very strong effort to make sure that their voices were all included, even when they disagreed about things so that there was balance. But you know, a lot of them have spent their time since the book came out. If they didn't participate, going on podcasts and and on their platforms, responding to it. So, I would have uh, much preferred to have it be a part of it. Oh my gosh, yeah, absolutely. And I think that, like I said, I think that's one of those things that's going to go down in history for anyone studying, you know, reality TV and kind of the inception and like Real Housewives really truly is 
such a, a moment and such a chapter in this kind of groundbreaking life of reality TV, like real world, real housewives and Kardashians. Like, I don't really know what the third would be. There's so many of them out there, but um, what about and real housewives didn't get nominated for an Emmy while Vanderpump rules did. And I know Andy was a little bummed about that. I know he was too. And I completely understand why. I mean, listen, this franchise and reality TV in general, I think is wildly misunderstood and specifically in the entertainment industry, I think often misunderstood. My hope again, when I created this book was to, uh, to show how much work goes into these things, how strong these stories are, uh, the good intentions that the producers have and their, you know, uh, demand and sort of integrity when they're putting together all of these stories. I wish that the reality categories were more inclusive and uh, better respected, but you know, it never happened. I think, um, for housewives yet, at least I think Vanderpump rules had such a cultural zeitgeist moment that it was almost impossible to be ignored. And I'm really hoping that they win. And truthfully, that, that last episode is exquisite telling storytelling. I cried. I was emotional. I was on the edge of my seat. I felt like I was watching black mirror. Like it's not normal. How, uh, how, groundbreaking that episode was you really yeah. felt like a fly on the wall in a category in a situation you shouldn't have been it was yeah. so raw and so beautifully done and the editing of that show towards the end starting from that mid-season you know trailer towards the end was chef's kiss yeah i really do think that if they win um or, or i'm gonna say when they win because i personally am putting a positive view out there and i want all of my friends to succeed so when they win their emmy i would really like to see raquel accept it because it's <laughs> not for her none of this would have happened so she in my perspective deserves to hold that emmy can you say, imagine that you're welcome <laughs> Montreal. Can you imagine how angry Ariana stands would be had Raquel even went? I, mean, I take what? nothing. I take nothing away from Ariana. Don't get me wrong. Ariana is a, a queen, and she went through a horrible thing. And I think she's uh, really just shown such success after it. But yeah, if not for Raquel, yeah, let's all be honest. <laughs> and you, but you know, the narcissist in Sandoval is going to be like, "What do you mean? It's because of me. I'm the one that did it." Not her. That's her, that too. <laughs> oh, you guys. Oh, gosh. This is so fun. And honestly, I, I really, like, I'm very cognizant of our timing, but I feel oh, yeah. like I want you to be a regular guest. Like, I want you to come on the show once every few weeks or whatever, whenever you have some time, and just, like, we'll chat about stories that are happening in the news. I'm, I would be happy to. Listen, I am a regular viewer. I'm a regular listener. I want all of your success as well. Oh. I, you, um... I'm just so proud of you because you have, excuse me, you have really created such an incredible community. And again, you are somebody who is such a hard worker and you have such a, a gift for Gab. And I'm so <laughs> proud of all of the success that you've had, really. I mean, you're the, you're best. the best, Dave. No, seriously, it's so fun. And I love kind of growing up in the industry with you. You said you're you're 41 and you're too old for TikTok. 42, baby. 42. <laughs> All right. And okay. I'm on there. So we're going to have to get you on the Tiki Takis, as the old people say. Yes. And my boyfriend calls it the Tiki Tiki Talk. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. So good. When I come out to New York, I'm definitely going to hang out with you because I told my Please. son that I was going to be able to take him soon for a Broadway show. That's oh. his thing. So Please, we'll I'll help you out. out. 
I'll help you. I cover those are the beats I cover at People is Broadway and Bravo. So as I say, all drama all the time. (laughs) I love it. So if people want to contact you or find you or have any sources for you, what's the best way? Just Instagram or Twitter or Threads? Whatever you can find me on. I'm on social media. I'm at nine Daves, N-I-N-E-D-A-V-E-S on all of those platforms. Um, And yeah, shoot me a message. I love to chat with people and you know, I'm just so appreciative. Putting out this book, I'm a huge fan and Mm -hmm. I just wanted to, and every article I write is the same thing. I'm just a fan and I want to service the fans. I want to provide them with the information that they're interested in. I am on the other end of the phone call, asking the questions I think you want to know the answers to. So I really just want that success ultimately. I love it. I love it. You're gossiping in a, in a kind and uplifting way. It's not, this is not like trying to take people down. And I think that that's really special and not, yeah. But no, I'm sorry to cut you off, but like, that's just me, but that's, that is again, not even saying anything negative about people who do that. I think it's incredible when you are able to express your opinion and that you have those opinions, it's just, it's not who I am. And I've really just tried to navigate this world being myself. So you're doing a good job. <laughs> you're doing personal branding. You've really nailed it. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> oh my gosh, Dave. Thank you so much, hon. Bye. Bye. I love you. That was awesome. I love you too. That Anytime. was really